Hey everybody, welcome to Spiritual Side Note. It is good to be back after a week off for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of traveling, a lot of yeah. things going on, so we uh, missed a week. And, and we missed our in. sticky notes. Missed the sticky notes. <laughs> it makes me laugh every <laughs> single time. All right. Sticky notes are Love so it. great, aren't they? So much fun. Like, in th- for me, in theory, they are. But the only time I ever use sticky notes is if I'm writing someone a note who's not, like, at their desk. And mm-hmm. I leave it at their desk. I never use sticky notes for yeah. myself. Well, and I have to say, there are certain sticky notes that stick well and some that come off right away. I don't like know the actual adhesion. Yeah. yeah. Those ones aren't so great. Mm. But when See, I was I little, I liked yeah. the little thin ones that came in different colors mm. and had different patterns on them. For your you folders could use, or yeah, binders or yeah, Bible. Because I loved stuff like that. I was not actually very organized as a kid, but I loved organizational tools and school supplies and things like that. And so I thought little tiny sticky notes were like the best. Why do you say you weren't actually very organized? Because if you had looked at my room, it would have been like, wow, oh, this girl's not organized. Hmm. But I loved... Like things with compartments and organizational mm-hmm. tools, but I'd like stuff them full of other things. Oh, okay. Athelia yeah, yeah. is me. Interesting. <laughs> Our okay. daughter stores everything that she finds, like literally finds sticks outside. We had some friends over this evening. I don't even know if you know this, babe. And she took Sam into her room to show him her like little pink basket on the side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on the side of her bed. She goes, I found these sticks today. <laughs> she has like sticks in this bag with oh like balloons i have to go in there like balloon animals from church events like will deflate down to the original size <laughs> of the where you blow it up and i have to throw them away without her knowing because oh she literally goodness. wants to keep everything um like pieces of bark and yes i mean trash and yet then her scrunchie that she actually uses in there and her watch like she stuffs things into places and that was totally me as a kid that's hilarious yeah I anyway. know that about you. Oh yeah, I mm. kept everything. I feel like I knew that, but the the uh, you loved organizational things, but weren't actually organized with them. You just kind of mm-hmm. like use them to stuff all your stuff in. Yeah, and to me, I guess that was organized because mm-hmm. I could have told you where everything was, but oh, I you just could? Oh, okay. Yeah, my mom yeah. Um, once told me that she was on the phone with my Grammy. Like, mm-hmm. how do I help Haley? Like, her closet is a disaster. And my Grammy asked her, like, does Haley know where something is if you ask her to go get it? And my mom said, yeah, she knows right where it is. And my Grammy goes, well, it's not organized to you, but it's organized to her. It's organized chaos. (laughs) So to me, apparently I had some sort of system that made sense. But if you had looked at it, it'd be like, oh, my gosh, this girl's a hoarder. (laughs) Like that kind of thing. (laughs) So anyway. And that's actually not what we're talking about at all tonight. No, we're not talking about your childhood? No. Oh, okay. Although sticky notes... Um, are something you can be like grateful for. So there's our segue. <laughs> Beautifully put, babe. Beautifully put. Yeah, we're talking about gratefulness, thankfulness, <laughs> gratitude um, tonight on the podcast. Not super shocking so. since it was just Thanksgiving. Yep, Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, so we just thought it would be good to touch on um, thankfulness. We talk about it a lot, and the heart of thankfulness, I feel like, comes up in our podcast pretty regularly, but mm-hmm. um, we have a focus specifically on thankfulness or, or gratitude. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm Why don't I get started? Okay. Um, <laughs> so in, um, I would say like in February <laughs> or January. Uh, well, you okay over there? <laughs> something and then you jumped 
inside. Oh, I it looked like, like you were just, no, you weren't sure. Oh, you, okay. Well, you didn't come in confident, <laughs> confidently, so I wasn't sure. Okay, go, go ahead. Go no, for it. No, no, no I don't ahead. know what I was going to say. Go ahead. Oh, you lost it? <laughs> in January, what happened? I would say in January-ish, um, the <laughs> song <laughs> Gratitude by Brandon Lake. Um, man, that really, that just hit me super hard, like January, February. Um just Why, that what's song. It, what does it say? Yeah. So, um, just talks about how, like, I don't have really anything to offer God, but a heart surrendered mm-hmm. to him and uh, a voice willing to praise him and give him glory. Right. Like, um, he can do everything without us yet. He chooses to use us. And like, ultimately, like I just have my hallelujah, um, mm-hmm. just have a heart of, of gratitude. Um, yeah. And so, um, this idea, and you've really emphasized, I feel like thankfulness and contentment for a few years now. Um, but for some reason that song just really hit me differently. I don't know if it was the culmination of you talking about thankfulness leading to contentment and how closely those two are tied or what, but, um, but yeah, that song was just really, really powerful. And just the idea of being thankful and, practicing gratitude because it is mm-hmm. a practice it's so hard yeah. to actually like just do naturally it's something that we have to intentionally choose and so um that choice of gratitude really beginning with who god is because um, everything else flows from him um and so like choosing to be gracious i'm sorry choosing to be grateful um for who he is and then for the things that, that we have um, really just gives us right perspective on on so much and changes the way the way we look at things Mm -hmm. so um yeah i just i love that song i love the mentality that it helps put me in um when i listen to it Mm. that was just kind of like my intro to gratitude Mm. go ahead what were you yeah um so a part of what i wanted to talk about with thankfulness you just said that thankfulness like orders our perspective Mm, yeah rightly and how even though i've talked about thankfulness and contentment for a few years i feel like i'm still learning how to do it on a regular basis i still often allow my feelings to dictate what i'm thinking about or Mm. what i'm choosing in my reactions towards something Instead of no matter how I feel, still choosing Thanksgiving. And that's not to negate the difficult things that happen in life. Yeah. Um, but I truly believe gratitude and Thanksgiving can run alongside anything else mm. in our lives. Yeah. And it helps to, um, oh, what's the word? Not necessarily create, um, but to fan a flame, mm. continual joy. Um, and I think peace and hope and the fact that I, as I've learned, um, experientially in seasons of my life, what takes place inside of me when I'm choosing gratitude versus not when I'm choosing thankfulness for who God is and what he's done. Because even if God did nothing else for the rest of my life, he still deserves praise for what he has already done because he's God, but he continues to work around me. But when I choose to be grateful, 
my feelings eventually follow that and not always and not all the time. But once I'm choosing gratitude, I'm creating a new neural pathway mm-hmm. that it becomes easier then to choose yeah. gratitude. And therefore that's what I see in life is things to be, are things to be grateful for. And they, no matter what's happening in life, I can, I have the ability to be grateful for who God is and what he's done. And that's just one overarching thing. But I think there are a million things that can still flow out of that. That like if you're looking around you or if I'm looking around me and feel as if life is so out of control and chaotic, but I'm, I'm able to look at even the tiniest things like the sky is blue. Thank you for the color blue, Lord. Or I love how each blade of grass is completely different or you might not love it, but thank you that each blade of grass is different. It shows your intentional care. Like those things are a portion of what helps to reorient how we see the things around us. Because if we're going to look for things to be miserable about, we're going to find them Mm -hmm. because there's plenty to be miserable Mm -hmm. about in this life. But the opposite is true as well. Like if we're looking for things to be grateful for, we will find them. And then it reorients our perspective internally, like looking upwards toward Mm -hmm. God, recognizing that he is the one that provides these things. Um, And that just, I don't know, that's just been speaking volumes to me lately, like asking and praying for contentment and joy and yet recognizing those are choices I have to make. And uh, those choices of contentment and joy are somewhat based in gratitude and thankfulness, hugely based in that. Because as I'm choosing to be grateful for Jesus and who he is and the salvation he's given me, contentment and joy flow from that because... I'm grateful for what he's given me and for what he's withheld from me because there is a lot he's withheld. Mm. That's really tough. Like that would feel really tough, right? Like he withheld eternal damnation for me through Jesus Christ, but he's also withheld other things. I'm sure in my life, I have no idea what that he's protected me from. But then on the flip side of that, I have to choose to be grateful for what he's withheld that I might think I want like this kind of wealth or this kind of fame or whatever, Mm. like choosing to be, content where I am as I am includes being thankful for yeah. what I've been given and for what I haven't been given. So though I know that was like a lot all at once, but I feel like it all boils down to this space of like, it's a choice yeah. that reorients my perspective that helps me find it more, like mm-hmm. more gratitude and more thankfulness. Um, and I think it's really important to talk about during this time of year not just because we're in this season of like a solid five or six weeks where we really like focus on it, but because often after the holidays, people end up in darker spots. Mm, Like how can we continue to choose gratitude even after all the festivities are done and family things that are good and hard happen. And, you know, kind of the, the wrapping up of people choosing joy on purpose for a season ends. Like how can we keep that moving forward? Yeah. Well, and I think even for people this season, they see, for some, sorry, um, for some it's such a hard season because they're not experiencing joy. Mm. They don't want to choose it because it reminds them of something or they're just lonely. They don't have family and they're seeing so Mm. much, quote unquote, joy around them um, that just causes them to go into um, some dark places even now. And and statistically, like you were saying, like January, I think is... um, one of the largest times to like sign up for counseling or, or to seek counseling or whatnot that it, um, and don't, don't quote me on that. I, I think that's the case. I don't know if it's actually true or not, but, um, just on some patterns we've seen in, 
in our churches, right, where we've seen people um, seeking help after the holidays. But um, yeah, it's just a, it is such a weird season, right, where you're trying to focus on it, but internally you might not be experiencing that joy. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are so closely connected of that choice of thankfulness, I think, breeds joy. And mm-hmm. then that joy um, reproduces a heart of thankfulness. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a cyclical pattern mm-hmm. that you can a good one to get into mm-hmm. i think one of the things with this that's like hard when we talk about thankfulness or or contentment with like not having things or thankfulness in hard situations is there's like this trend right now where in uh christianity where it's about authenticity mm-hmm. and this trend i'd say has been you know last decade or more like it's been a, a a long while, long time now, but, um, where there's just this emphasis on authenticity and, um, moving away from putting on a face on Sunday morning, you know, putting on your Sunday best, but, um, being completely different the rest of the week, like been fighting for authenticity. And one of the things I've seen this is like in going through hard things, like you don't have to pretend like everything's okay, but sometimes when you are truly thankful or trying to remain thankful and joyful amidst trials or difficulties, people almost get annoyed, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like, no, no, no. Like it's really hard. It's okay. Let it be hard. Let it be hard. It's okay. It's, it's hard. You don't have to put on a brave face. You don't have to, and almost like forcing you to go to this place of like, oh wow, this is so difficult. This Mm -hmm. is so hard. And like driving you to this, but like the two things can be true simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Something can be really hard and difficult and you can be authentic about like, that's hard, but man, I still have a ton of joy or I'm Mm -hmm. still thankful for the fact I have life or, and you're not belittling because that's the thing. I think people think you're belittling the hard things in your Mm -hmm. life and not, but like, I think that you can reach a place where you can experience the depth of both. You can experience the depth of the difficulty as well as the depth of true joy simultaneously. Um, And the reason I think this is when we look at the apostles, I'm reading through the book of Acts right now. And um, at the end of Acts 5 is when, um, I think it's Peter and John, but um, two of the apostles are flogged. And then it says that they left rejoicing that they were counted as worthy of being punished for Mm. the cause of Jesus. Um, Like if we did that in today's culture, people like, no, don't. Oh, you just went through something so hard. And oh, man, we just need to celebrate your difficulty. And like, don't rejoice for that. That's hard. But like, how do we how do we live with that Mm. depth? of the reality of the salvation of Jesus within us that like, even if we were physically flogged and persecuted, we could still be rejoicing with, with gratitude. And how do we normalize that? Like, I think that's the thing is like, I want authenticity. I don't think this move to authenticity in the church is wrong. I think it's needed, but it's also not the end goal. Authenticity is not the end goal. It's the starting point. Like we start with authenticity, but that's, that's not where we end. We want to end with deeper intimacy with Jesus and deeper intimacy with Jesus should bring us to joy and gratitude mm-hmm. and humility. And, and so like, I, I just, I don't know. I think that just need to be said, cause that's just so on my mind in regards to this concept of thankfulness is like, oh man, but it's, we can be thankfulness even when it's difficult. You know, and James talks about, um, consider it pure joy. Um, anytime you face trials of any kind, mm-hmm. um, because your trials 
um, is the testing of your faith, and that is perseverance. And perseverance um, brings about uh, finishes work so that you can be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Like, um, sorry, I had to look at the passage I had on the table there. Um, but, uh, anyway, it's just like this idea of like, man, consider it pure joy. Anytime you face trials, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, these are not concepts that we talk about a lot because I don't want to go back to 50 years ago where everything's fake, where you're going through something hard and you put on a fake face. That's not what we're talking about. But how can we authentically be real about the difficulty we're battling and simultaneously experience gratitude? Yeah, I think there's something to be said about there's almost sometimes a competition about whose trial is like the heaviest or mm-hmm. who has the most going on. And not for everyone. Please hear me. Yeah. Um, but I also think that sometimes there's a a place we get stuck when all we're doing is being authentic where we miss the, we don't like to persevere. We miss the perseverance part because we either it's weird. We're either like comparing and granted I'm like definitely like highlighting two camps here. And I realize not everyone falls into these, Mm -hmm. but culturally it feels like we're either comparing, um, whose difficulty like is worse. And therefore these people should, have more attention in the, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like that must be so hard. Um, or there's the let's avoid hardship, even in being authentic. Like we just don't like being in the hard and persevering and enduring. Um, or as we're persevering and enduring, we're complaining Mm. and it doesn't mean that when you're rejoicing in trial and tribulation and hardship that you're avoiding the hard. I think it's actually interacting with the hard in a way that brings about transformation, not just for you, but for people watching you. Like, for instance, the church that we were at before, now there was a family who lost more than one son at mm. a young age, and they did not avoid the hard. Yeah. Like, they mourned deeply for the loss of their sons. But I've never seen a joy quite like it either, because their hope is in Jesus, mm. where... It, those two things existed simultaneously. Yeah. The, I see the hard. There is a lot of hard. There was no avoidance of like, oh, but it's okay because Jesus is king. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't over. flippant. Yeah. It was praise God for his joy that is sustaining us during this time, yeah. for his love that sustains us. Um, and if you've ever experienced great grief and joy and peace, you know what this means. Or if you've watched someone who's going through something horrendous and you have no idea how they're still at peace, Mm -hmm. it's because they have the ability to rejoice in the midst of mourning. And that doesn't mean you're out dancing around. It could be for some people, but that's not what this means. It's almost like we want to like highlight just one thing at a time in our culture, Mm. but these things can exist at the same time. Where like, I think it's in, um, Yeah, in Philippians 4, at the beginning of verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Always. That means all the time. Always. Like, how do we do that? Because Mm. it's so easy to not rejoice. It's easy to complain. And we literally create a world where it's easy to complain. Like, we even, like, encourage complaining or sending things back or getting a better deal because I didn't get this or, like, it's just, it's like encouraged in, in our American culture anyways. 
Um, but then it says, again, I will say rejoice. It was important enough to not always say rejoice always, but again, I will say rejoice. So also be encouraged that this has been something that we struggle with as humanity for a very long time. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So rejoicing and coming to the Lord in prayer about everything, but with thanksgiving is included next to don't be anxious about anything. And like anxiety literally floods our culture. I I don't think I know anyone who's not anxious Mm. about something, but it's literally possible to not be anxious about anything. But that includes being in constant prayer, which is not just talking to God, right? It's listening for his voice. It's, being in the word so we know what his voice sounds like that we know we're reading the word knowing who he says he is and the promises that he he says he will fulfill so we can choose to trust that which is where our joy comes from not from who we are or what we've done or don't do or where we screw up but in the in the trueness of who god is and what he covers in spite of us that like our true joy can be found there and therefore i always have something to be thankful for but it literally says in in this constant state of prayer we come with thanksgiving because it reorients God above us, but also like reminds us of, I, I, I don't know, just our, our ultimate hope and salvation and joy being in who, in who God is despite the difficulty. Because I don't know about you, but I don't like going through hard things. But if I can go through something hard with peace, I would choose that a hundred times hmm. over going through something hard and it being bitter. Yeah. You know, like, I, and it's difficult to do. Don't get me wrong. This is not, this is something that feels so much more difficult to actually do than mm, to say. Yeah. But I think it's so important to point out that this is something we have to do despite how we feel. Mm. Because our feelings, like, we so often, especially in our American culture, and maybe this is just like worldwide, I don't know. But like, we want to react out of everything that we feel. And this, this choice to rejoice always, to be thankful no matter what, to choose to trust in what God says, no matter what the rest of our feelings say, is going to feel completely contrary to our flesh and to our culture. But the peace that goes beyond what we can understand is our result. Like, I would much rather that. But it's so difficult to do when you feel a certain way. So I think it's just so important to like say it again, like this is a choice yeah. that the Holy Spirit gives us the power to do. But it, it it's hard because your feelings will tell you like everything's going wrong for me. Nobody cares. Like what's the point in living? Like all of these things that I think just are stirred up by anxiety, by comparison, by complaining. Um, and lately... So I think almost everything can be boiled down to a fear of some sort, whether it's a fear of being rejected or a fear of not doing something right or dot, dot, dot. I've been trying to figure out how to discuss fear with Athalia because she's been really struggling with fear. And the words that came to mind the other day were, don't trust your fear or the fear. I didn't even say your fear. Don't trust fear. Fear is a liar. Mm. 
Mm. Our God is not an anxious God. Because I, I've been trying to explain to her, like, just because you feel afraid doesn't mean we have to react out of fear. But I feel like that's really abstract. Yeah. So how do we boil it down, like, even simpler? I don't know. But the words that came to mind and that actually ended up helping me, because I still struggle with anxiety quite often. Like, don't trust the anxiety. So I'm like, how do I not react out of fear? Well, don't trust it. Like, fear is telling me, like, worry about what this person thinks or go back through all of these. I don't have to trust that. What I can trust is that God says that I'm secure in who he is, that my salvation is sure, that I don't need to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Like, there's something in all of this that has not something. The thing is, like, our trust. If we really trust what God says, then we can choose to be thankful for who he is and what he'll do Hmm. because ultimately he wins. Yeah. That doesn't minimize what we go through now but it also doesn't make it all about us either Mm. i feel like i'm all over the place per the usual well i think sometimes too like like cognitively if you ask us like humanity um or christ followers when we're going through something difficult if you ask us well is god still with you in the darkness there you'd be like well yeah god's everywhere but pragmatically when you're going through it, it doesn't feel that way. Again, mm-hmm. back to are we trusting feelings? Are we trusting truth? And um, I just go back to Psalm 23 so regularly that um, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're mm-hmm. with me. Like that means that same joy that God has, that same peace that God has, that same love that God mm-hmm. has, that same truth that God has when the lies are um, barreling down on us or whatever that darkness is in your season of anxiety or in fear or hardship around you or interpersonal turmoil, whatever, whatever that darkness is like his word says that he's with us. And so that's why like we can experience both things because God doesn't leave us. His word says, you'll never leave me nor forsake me. Like, so you can walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but not fear and evil because he's there. Um, so we can be real about where we're at and what we're experiencing while also holding on to the joy of, of Jesus with Mm -hmm. us. Like truly, um, like he is our everything. And so no matter what we're going through, and I don't say this to tell people listening to us to say, if you're going through something hard, just buck up. Like, that's not what I'm trying to say, but what I want to communicate, what I do want people to hear is that. As I've grown and mature and continue to grow and mature, I hope the next time I go through something really hard that I rejoice Mm. more than I ever have. Um, Again, I'm not trying to declare over you, like, just buck up and be happy about it. It's not. You don't have to be happy. Um, But this is really just me processing and wondering through, man, the next time I go through something really hard and difficult, I hope that I'm maturing to a place Mm -hmm. where I can truly find joy amidst the trial, where I can rejoice in the pain. Mm -hmm. Um, and not because I'm a masochist and I'm like, Oh, pain is fun. No, no, no. God, you're, you're good. And you're still with me. And as your word promises, you'll walk me through the valley of the shadow of death. Mm -hmm. There's an end to this darkness, but there's not an end to your goodness. Right. And like holding on to that truth and that reality. I think that's, that's what I hope I do in my spiritual journey and where I can get to. Um, 
because it is a hard thing. Like if somebody's going through something hard, I don't, again, I, I would be the person who says, well, don't belittle your difficulty. But if they're saying, but I, I find joy in Jesus, how do I encourage that? How do I spur them on and say, yeah. Or if they're not finding their joy in Jesus, how do I encourage them to without belittling their, their difficulty? Mm-hmm. Like it's such a fine balance and tension to hold, but we just have to hold on to scripture and the truth and the reality of, of who God is, who he declares himself to be, who, what he promises he'll do. Like holding on to that can truly get us through any darkness um, because he's, he's the light mm-hmm. and he'll, he'll draw us to himself. If we seek to draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. Um, and we will eventually bear fruit as it says in John 15, like remain in him. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, it's hard. Like you said, it's, it's really hard to actually do this, but I hope that the next time I go through something really hard that I can. Mm-hmm. And it's something we literally cannot do on our own. Yeah. Joy is one of the fruits of the spirit. Mm. Yeah. And joy is a part of thankfulness and vice versa. Mm-hmm. They they feed into each other. And the fruit of the spirit is something the spirit does. So when you see someone who's going through someone something difficult and they have peace and joy and hope, it's not in their own strength. Mm. Like you can talk to someone yeah. who's been through that and they can tell you like it wasn't them. Yeah. They don't feel strong. They don't feel dot, dot, dot. Um, but hence why the peace of God that transcends all understanding, because it's not something that we can logically come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also was thinking about the passage that says mourn with those who mourn. Yeah. Right. Rejoice yeah. with those who rejoice. Yeah. Don't Good sit down reminder. next to someone going through something really hard and be like, Oh, be thankful. Mm-hmm. That can be a part of conversation in the sense that when I sit with someone who's going through something really hard, if I like pray over them, I start by thanking God that he's here. Right. So I'm, I'm practicing rejoicing without trying to like slap someone across the face with a Bible verse. Cause that's not who our God is either. But I feel like it's, I feel like it's actually sad because we live in a world where I feel like I have to have a caveat for everything because everyone's going to like point out that one spot that you missed. But the truth is the word says to mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. But then it also says to rejoice always. Mm -hmm. So we can rejoice with the parts of people in mourning that they're rejoicing, like that their other children are still alive or that they still have breath or that God is given them a job in spite of losing whatever else might be happening or in spite of this illness or I don't know, whatever it might be. And and maybe a part of this for you, whoever's listening, is you're supposed to be interceding in prayer on behalf of those who are going through something really difficult and don't have hope mm-hmm. or don't seem to find anything to be thankful for. I know people yeah. who are going through hard things, but they've made the hard things harder because they have they, they can't find anything to be thankful for. And it's just, it's become a pattern in their life, but it's also, I think, something where we can intercede as righteous, faithful people on their behalf, asking God to like pour light into those spaces because he wants to. Um, and it's hard. It's hard to watch people who are going through pain. Like it's, to watch someone you love go through pain is one of the most difficult things in this life and you mm-hmm. can't do anything about it. Yeah. Like that is so hard. Yeah. But how do I rejoice 
for them and with them while also mourning what Mm. they're mourning. Um, But not just mourning. It doesn't say like just mourn with them because I think that is, that's the space where we stay in the hard stuff, Mm. right? But we eventually need someone to come alongside of us and help us move forward. And a part of that is rejoicing. Like, I don't know if, I've talked about this before, but the, the hard places I've sat in with people like during funerals, when you go to like the dinner afterwards Mm. or into a a sacred family space during those times, there are, I mean, there are emotions all over the place. So there's definitely like sadness, but some of the laughter Mm -hmm. and healing that occurs through laughter because people are coming together and remembering things like that's healing in the midst of mourning. It's not belittling anything. I I don't see people trying to just like skirt over it. It's actually a part of the healing process. For sure. And even though they might not think of this cognitively that way, it's a form of rejoicing. Mm -hmm. Um, Being grateful for those memories or like walking through this, this thing that just happened like right now. Like I am so grateful for levity in moments of mourning Mm -hmm. because it would feel almost impassable and impossible to get through. But God gives us these, these moments Or you feel like you can take a deeper breath and remember that there is light at the end of the tunnel, even if you don't feel like it in the long hours of the night when you're not sleeping Mm. or when you're in chronic pain and you don't know when the next moment is where you won't feel that. Um, I just, yeah. So this is not to belittle or to skirt over, but to encourage, like, keep going, persevere, endure Mm -hmm. with the power of the Holy Spirit, something you can't conjure up on your own. Yeah. He will give you what you need. And when you seek him, you will find him. Like he is ready and willing to like be found. So choose gratitude, even when you don't feel like it Hmm. and watch him bless you in that. It'll be easier to find more gratitude. It'll also bring you just levity in general. Like there's just a relief and a release when I'm choosing to be grateful. But if I'm like going to be angry and like complain about everything that happens, like that person cutting me off and this person doing this, like that's what I see. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, I've already said this at the beginning, but truly what we look for is what we will find. Yeah. Um, And that's just the power of the mind God has given us, I think. And it affects the way we see our entire lives and the way we live it and the way people experience us. Hmm. So I'd rather be someone where, where I impart peace and joy, even in spite of like what I'm going through and not to hide things. Right. But also like the realness is like, I genuinely find deep joy and gratitude that at the end of everything I'll be with Jesus and that's what matters. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is a hard one Mm -hmm. because I think we almost like flippantly say like thankfulness during this season. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Let's be thankful. It's Thanksgiving. What are you thankful for? But I actually, I think sometimes I can irritate Athalia specifically because after she's complaining about something, like, what are you thankful for? Nothing. <laughs> no, actually, right now is the perfect time to choose to be grateful for something. Yeah. Like, because you've been given so much. And it doesn't make it any less hard that your friend just chose the unicorn donut when you wanted the unicorn <laughs> donut. But also, you got to play with your friends today. You got to have a different kind of donut. You have been gifted so much. But, like, all Athalia could see today was the fact her friend chose the unicorn donut and she didn't get one. Like... 
That was hours ago, and we're still talking about it. Did you know, Athelia, if you keep focusing on it, that's what you're going to fixate on. But what about all the other things that happened today that I just, like, listed off for her? And she went to bed in a fine mood. But, like, it was just interesting watching even her at four pick the thing that made her feel sad and hurt. And go back to it after having fun yeah, and forgetting Yeah, about it. going back yeah. to it and blaming her friend. Like, she did it on purpose. She stole it. Well, she didn't steal it. We offered it to <laughs> her. And also, she didn't even see that you wanted that one. Yeah. Like, you were behind her. So just helping her already and just yeah. praying for her now that God continues to, like, open her eyes. Because the enemy wants to step into that space, man, and, like, harp on it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, focus on that. Yeah, she did that on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you didn't get one. But the more the more that we do that, the more the we truly. Voice sounds higher pitched than I imagine. Oh yeah, he's... yeah, man, yeah. yeah. That's he's a sissy, oh, really. So, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. In the end, yeah. like you know, just yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, that's just kick him right in the face. So anyway, I think it's um, it's just a human thing. Yeah, and it starts young. And so honestly, if this is the way you've lived your life for a long time, it can almost feel impossible to change mm-hmm. the way you thought. But like God can do that. He can transform our minds yeah. and renew our hearts. And it begins with practicing and it can feel like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> like I, how is this yeah. possible? But the more you do it, it is. And I can say it from experience because mm-hmm. I was someone who focused on everything negative, every fear, anxiety, comparing like almost feeling crazy that I couldn't come up with why God gave me the life he gave me when he blessed these people with, you know, A through Z of all these things. And I was missing what he had given me. So as I, I've allowed him to change my mindset, like I'm genuinely in a place where I wouldn't want anything different in my life Mm -hmm. because I know even if I got what I thought I wanted, I would still follow me places and I wouldn't actually be grateful. Like I would yeah. still be sitting in a place of selfishness and greed and envy, things that God is trying to rid me of because I'm asking him to. Yeah. But like I have to choose to be grateful and thankful right now, even in the midst of feeling like those things are being like rinsed off of me and it hurts and it's hard. But man, truly, like if I choose to believe that God is the one that fulfills me, then he will do what's best and I can trust that mm-hmm. and trust that he'll put me where he wants me and give me what he wants me to have. And that the things he gives me are not for me, actually. <laughs> they're for his glory and to love other people. And he does it because he loves me. But I, when I say they're not for me, like, I think sometimes I think about, like, being grateful for, like, a gift that I'm given, let's say. And let's say it's money. And I'm like, oh, thank you. This is for me. I can do what I want. Actually, it's still his. And, like, how does he want me to use it? Well, maybe I get to buy something for myself, but maybe it's actually for me to give away just to practice releasing in a different way where in the past it's like, I almost thought every blessing was for me Mm. and for me to keep when everything I have is still his. And the more I'm given, the more I want to be open handed with like, how do you want me to keep giving this? Mm. Not like, let me get to a certain spot where you've given me so much and then I keep it for myself. Cause that would shift my perspective right back into the selfishness that he's been ridding me of. If that makes sense. I don't know if I'm making sense. I think so. Where if I'm faithful with little, I want to be faithful with much. And in the past, my thought has been, if I've been given much, then I'll be faithful. But I won't if I haven't practiced yeah. faithful with little because I would have been greedy with much. Hmm. And like how practicing gratitude starts even in the little, mm-hmm. right? Um, in the little, not just financially, but 
maybe most of your life feels hard right now and the little is like the tiniest thing to be thankful for today. Yeah. You know? Anyway, I feel like I, I confused you at the last point. Made sense in my head. I think it was I think it made sense. Okay. I think hopefully. it was just the the wording of it felt like a, a little circle. But I think oh, I think sorry. it made sense. Um so one of the ways that I've heard other people, I'm not a big journaler. Um right or wrong, I don't know, but I'm not. Um, but I've heard of people doing gratitude journals. Mm-hmm. And so like I actually actually moving here, I started one. Um, and I don't write in it often because it's not a typical habit of mine. Um, but I did find it just really beneficial and have mm-hmm. heard from people that it was just so good that every day they would just write what they're grateful for. Um, and how that just kind of set their perspective, like we were talking about, right? Just like writing those things down helps you focus on the things that we're thankful for rather than the things we're discontent with or complaining about mm-hmm. or negative or whatever. But we're just focused on, God, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful that I woke up today. I'm thankful mm-hmm. that I have a job, right? We can just focus on um, those things that we are grateful for. Uh, so maybe that's something. Um, do you have any other thoughts of like how to actually be in practicing thankfulness for someone who might struggle with this? I think the journal is great. I think write down something to be thankful for, even if you don't feel like it. Cause I think mm. there are plenty of people who are like, I wish I hadn't woken up today. Mm. We can still choose to be grateful that you woke up without feeling thankful mm. because then in a few days you might actually start to feel grateful that you woke up yeah. because you're saying it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, that's a great one. I think repetition, like choose to be grateful again and again and mm. again. And honestly, in the same way that I was talking about with Athelia, if you find yourself complaining about something, first of all, ask the Holy Spirit to step in and make you aware that you're like fixating on something, mm. maybe mentally in a way that's complaining or um, in a conversation where you're fixating on the things that are hard and ask him to turn it into a moment where you can offer back Thanksgiving and praise to him. Mm. Um so that it's not like, again, not belittling the hard because you can be honest about where you are while also celebrating who God is still mm. and how and where he's at in that. Like, where are you, God? Thank you that you're here. Mm. Show me how you're working. Thank you for what you are going to do with this, even if I have no idea what it is. Mm. So we can even choose to be thankful for what will be ahead. If you see nothing around you to be thankful for in this moment, what are what can you choose to be thankful for that's ahead? Mm. Right? And that that end being like, well, if I believe in Jesus and I've given him my life, I get to be with him forever. Um, but also like choosing to be thankful that God never wastes anything. His word says he will use everything for good. Thank you, God, for the good that you're going to do with this. Thank you for what you're going to teach me in this. Like I would just say, maybe come up with things you've never even thought about being thankful for mm, before yeah. and do it on repeat and, and still taking your whole heart to God. Like his word says like, in this this state of prayer, bring your supplications and your your requests before him. Like come to him. It's he doesn't want you to just offer up praise and thanksgiving without bringing your whole heart. Like yeah. he he knows what's going on. He wants to sit with you in it. He wants to hear what you have to say. But if you're if we're only complaining and asking him for things, we're actually not giving him our whole heart mm. because we're reserving that thanksgiving and praise piece. It actually is what ushers in the joy and the peace that he wants to give us. So anyway, I would just say that the repetition and if you don't like have conversations with God on a regular basis, like do it, yeah. ask him to show you how. For sure. 
like listen to his voice and um if you need to like put up sticky notes for real like in <laughs> various places writing down things to be grateful for and whenever you see it like on purpose thank god for that thing because the more you do this then it just becomes natural you just find things to be thankful for and i find maybe this is for anyone who's around any people but i find at least in the presence of my kids this isn't something i can just do mentally i do it verbally too so that the kids hear me, so they start to create yeah. that kind of lifestyle. Because it's easy to out loud when someone cuts me off, be like, oh my gosh, like verbally. And yeah. a failure, be like, what just happened? Someone just cut me off. Okay, well, if I'm only verbalizing the things that are hard or the things that made me feel like nervous for a minute, that's what she'll see and yeah. hear. That's what so, she'll repeat. And yeah. Out. Yeah, yeah. So there are moments like, I would say, moments where the kids could have gotten like hugely hurt over something. And they don't. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, out loud. Like, I just thank you, Jesus, for keeping them safe. Or thank you, God, for the rain today. Like, how beautiful. So that they're verbally hearing me praise God Mm -hmm. while also acknowledging when there are hard things happening. Right? Um, So I would say specifically if you work around kiddos or just in your marriages or your relationships, like practicing it out loud can feel awkward, and yet it becomes... Normal, yeah. like the more you do it, sure, and the more you hear your own voice say something, you know, you're more likely to remember and believe it. So, yeah, awesome. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for listening. Okay. Sticky notes. Yep. All right, everybody. Well, I hope you have an awesome week, and we will talk to you all again soon. Yeah. Choose to be grateful. We're grateful for you.